Hello and welcome to the second season of the Chicago Maroons Artscast. I'm Parker Me, and I will be taking over the role of host and showrunner for the Artscast. Max, our old host, is moving on to work with UC3P, the Harris School's podcast team. But now let us move on to the first episode of this season. Today we wanted to showcase a graduating artist on campus, Black Sam, formerly known as Chief Wicked. Ben Glover has been rapping since high school, but moved into a more professional phase in his first year at UChicago. Now a fourth year, Ben has shed Chief Wicked for Black Sam. Mimansa Dogra sat down to talk about rap production, his name change, and his plans for the future. Chief, wicked and tricky, the sickest. sickest. Riding a beat like a Mercedes. The way that I whip it, drive her crazy. Switching lanes, call me Scarsese. My name is Ben Glover. I'm a fourth year, and I'm a rapper who goes by the name Black Sam. Right. And my first question for you is about your name. And you killed off Chief Wicked. Yeah. You murdered him. <laughs> he is deceased. Deceased, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what your um, impetus was behind that decision. Chief Wicked always felt like a standby name for me. Um, it it never truly felt like it was the name that I would want forever. And I was trying to find that name. Uh, so I was. I had been thinking about names for a few months. I didn't really come up with anything too compelling anything that really stuck with me and one day I was doing research on samurai and I came across this one samurai in particular his name was Yasuke and he was Ethiopian so he's a, a an African man who somehow found his way to Japan in the 15th century and he was a, a part of the, the shogun and I just thought that was a really cool idea so I wanted to make a name that would somehow reflect that um i was thinking about black samurai for a while but i thought that that might group me in with um a certain subset of soundcloud rapper that is really deep into anime and that real brooding type of sad boy rap that it it just doesn't represent me well um i thought about sam black to shorten it but i thought that sounded more like a singer like a i don't know pop singer Reminded me of Sam Smith, so I just yeah it didn't it didn't feel like it really fit me. And then I thought about Black Sam, um, really short, Sam short for Samurai of course, um, and that 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 sounded right to me. Um, it felt right, it flowed off my tongue pretty well. And after I changed it, uh, people reached out to me and said that they liked it also. I think the overwhelming majority of people who have reached out to me about my name have. Uh, appreciated the name change so I think I found one that sticks cool and I'm curious like what made you pick Chief Wicked as a standby name I'm not quite familiar with the concept of standby names I'm, I don't know if that's like a thing in the rap world oh no no um I started off as Kid Wicked that was my uh name when I started making music in college which was first year yeah first year that was my first stage name and Sometime during second year, I realized that I wanted to rap for real. Like, I wanted to get out of college and keep pursuing this. And at that time, my thought was, I can't be a kid forever. So I can't be 25 years old with the name Kid Wicked, because by that time, I'm a grown man. So I wanted to change it to something, but I also wanted to keep the Wicked part. So I picked Chief Wicked pretty randomly, like kind of on a whim. Um, but I thought it sounded good. And I, I think it, it was an okay name. 
but it just never really felt like it was going to be that name for me um, for the rest of my career. So even at the time that I switched it, I wasn't actively looking to change it to something else in the future. Eventually, it reached that point where I felt the need to rebrand with something that sounded a little bit more professional and a little bit more marketable also. All right. Um, I do have some question about the music that you've been creating. And I'm wondering like, if you can pinpoint any changes in the style of rap that you've been producing from the time you began rapping to the time that you, uh, from the, to the last EP that you released, which was Chief Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could point to any stylistic changes that you made to your art. And because I was just thinking, like, since you did change up your name, I'm wondering, like, what else you're doing to, like, evolve as a rapper? Yeah. When I first started rapping, I was concerned with the lyricism and the lyricism only like lyrical content was my only focus so I wasn't particularly good at delivering what I wanted to rap um I didn't use any very engage I didn't use any particularly engaging flows rhyme patterns I just wanted to say clever things and over time I've gained an appreciation for all the other aspects of rap music that I once kind of disregarded as unimportant because I assumed that I would be a lyrical rapper and that's all you need to be like that's all you need to to make it big is just to say things in an intellectually clever way but there are so many different ways to package rap music there are so many different um, sounds to incorporate into music whether it's melodies whether it's ad-libs uh, whether it's just the the way that you structure the syllables that form your words it took me a pretty long time to get the hang of writing, not just to impress people with lyrical content, but also to keep them engaged with uh, flow patterns, to draw their attention in with the with the non-lyrical aspects of the rap. So the transition from Kid Wicked to Chief Wicked, I think, was marked the first level of advancement in a more professional sound, a more professional rap sound. I I don't think there's been much of a stylistic change from Chief Wicked to Black Sam. I feel like I'm the same artist uh, I was before. Of course, like I feel like I've gotten better since then because I try to get better with every project, um, every single I release. So I'm working harder on hooks, writing hooks, like stickier hooks, hooks that stick in people's minds. I'm working harder on... Uh, the narrative, crafting narratives that are uh, interesting to listen to, because that's I think that's my biggest uh, weakness right now is storytelling. Um, but as of now, I I don't think that I've experienced any stylistic changes based on my name change yet. But those might come at a later point if I just learn more about the music, learn more about. Uh, what I want to do with my music. Right. And you gave a TED talk about this actually last year, yeah. but I was wondering if you could like really quickly break down again the different components of rap and the emphasis that you have or have not placed on them yeah. and the way you try to incorporate them into your music. Sure. The three pillars of rap music, unofficially, but generally understood to be the three uh, main tenets, are flow, lyricism, and delivery. So flow is the defined as the rhymes and the rhyme schemes of a song and how they interact with 
interact with each other on that song. Delivery is just how the rapper sounds. Um, you know, the different their their vo- the quality of their voice. Um, like auto tune or mumble rap or um to an to an extent yeah okay so like de- delivery is greatly affected by auto tune like it it gives your voice a a mechanical robotic quality um, mumble rap is another form of delivery where you're not it's like placing the emphasis on the production value rather than what's being said because you're kind of not supposed to understand what's being said that's like the idea behind it but delivery can be just just the the person's voice like Andre 3000 sounds different than Drake who sounds different than Kodak Black who sounds different than Jay-Z like delivery is pretty usually tied into just how the rapper sounds um they craft and they craft different stylistic changes around the sound of their voice um some rappers like ASAP Rocky sound really cool. Like that's that's his style. He's a cool rapper. He has a very cool, smooth voice. And other rappers have like very maybe high pitched voices or very deep voices like Rick Ross. And that's like part of his image. Like he's like the Don. He's the like the kingpin. Um, and lyricism is the third tenet, the third pillar of rap. And that's just what's being said on a song. That's the the lyrical content, um, the meat of the song. And how have these three pillars been like interacting with each other in your music? I think you already touched on this a little bit when you're talking about how lyricism kind of overshadowed the other two. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering like what changes you've made, especially in your last EP that was just released, to like yeah. bring the other two um, pillars to prominence. Yeah, flows are really important to me now because I realized that it's the the way that you keep the audience engaged best is incorporating different rhymes and different rhyme schemes that you know make somebody's ears perk up um not staying too uniform with any one way you say something um because that like the idea behind rap is to say things that have already been said countless times in different ways and one way you do that is lyricism but another way you do that is uh how you structure the syllables of each line like some rappers can rhyme syllable for syllable in an entire line with the entire next line, with the entire next line, with the entire next line. And it's instances like that where you're really pushing your creativity to try to find different ways to say things, if that if that makes sense. Could you give example of a flow that you from either from your own work or from somebody else's work that you really like really caught you? Yeah. Um on a song I released about two, three months ago called Drip, there's a section in the first verse where it goes, Shoe game, Liu Kang, ooh. Boo thing, blue flame, cute. Do things you can't do. New chain, too dang cool. New gray, musang, coop. You say who take roof. So each syllable matches up with each syllable of the next line. So that's like six lines in a row where syllable one rhymes with syllable ones. The twos rhyme with twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes. And I'm just, I guess I'm trying to push myself to incorporate more unique sounding things like that into my music because that type of thing can stand out uh, on songs that aren't necessarily monotonous, but are just very traditional in terms of rhyme scheme. That makes sense. And how does storytelling like fit, fit into these three pillars? Storytelling is a part of lyricism, not, but it's not uh, the... 
storytelling is a part of lyricism, but it's not necessarily the most important part of lyricism. Um, there are some rappers who are very good at rapping without telling stories. Like they rap about, rap about particular objects. Uh, they rap about people even sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily tie into a, a larger story. Um, but there are also some rappers who are very, very good at painting pictures about the lives that they lived uh, before rap, the lives that they live during rap, um, their interactions with other people, whether it be significant others, relatives. Um, storytelling is most easily accomplished, I think, when you have a greater handle on lyricism. When you have a larger vocabulary, you're able to string together different ideas much more effortlessly than a rapper who doesn't. And at the same time, nobody wants to just really sit and hear a story that's very boringly wrapped. So that's where the flows come in. You incorporate different rhyme schemes, not necessarily to change the meaning of the story, but to add different wrinkles to how the story is delivered. And flow and delivery are very closely related. So you might not necessarily have a very interesting voice, like but for example, rappers like J. Cole, who have very standard voices by industry metrics like he's very good at telling stories about his life and it's in part because he uses very interesting rhyme schemes and switches it up but it's also in part because he tells stories that are very relatable to the people um who are his fans all right now i'm gonna switch tracks a bit yeah um i'm wondering like uh, from like your personal opinion like what is your greatest pet peeve in the industry right now like what is one thing that if you if you had like uh, godlike powers to like reshape the world of rap like what would you just get rid of or what would you include you know yeah 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 i would i would have to say the the misogyny probably um it's a like whether you want to believe it or not misogyny is an integral part of rap culture just as it's an integral part of black culture um and not integral i I mean that not with the positive connotation, of course, but with the negative connotation. Um, it's ingrained into society as a whole, and especially within the black community and other communities. Um, so rap music is a product of that. It reflects the misogyny that's present in black culture. And there are a lot of, I would say most rappers, um, or most rappers are men, um, and most rappers either hold these views on their own or they realize that these are the types of things that you need to say on records to sell records, which isn't necessarily true. Like, I think that rap can be knocked for a lot of reasons. Um, there are songs that are not particularly lyrically complex. There are songs that are very materialistic and there are songs that are very misogynistic. And I can really only defend those first two because there are songs that are lyrically complex there are songs that are even anti-materialist and songs that are anti-capitalist that like rappers from the 90s mostly like immortal technique arrested development used to rap about um but it seems to me like there's a a huge problem with getting away from rapping about women in such a negative light and using you know derogatory terms and things like that it's really not necessary to do and yeah that's that's what i remove i don't know how i don't know what rap would look like without that because it's been such uh 
it's been omnipresent. But it'd be interesting to see what rap did look like without its misogynistic aspects. I've been really curious to know. Um, I feel like a lot of us see the product of rap. We we see the song. We see everything kind of as like the polished finished version and i guess like as part of the work i've been doing on this podcast and also like in other radio editing work i've been doing i'm curious to know about how the production of rap happens Mm -hmm. like in terms of like finding a beat finding a producer finding a studio to rap in like i'm interested in learning about the mechanics of how songs come to be and how those like come together as albums especially like in your experience as a student who's like balancing this with like academics and other so a ho- and like a social life hopefully like yeah yeah um a lot of rappers have very different approaches to creating songs but i'll i'll tell you mine specifically um so i i have a lot of friends who make beats who i don't make beats myself but i know people who do um whether it's friends from home um friends here friends i know who friends i know from high school who have branched out at other schools and have made connections with other people who i now know like by uh first degree extension of first degree and i also encounter a good amount of people who i don't know personally but who like my music or i like their music and we collaborate um through uh, dms on twitter or soundcloud or things like that so let's say a producer i know sends me a beat and says, hey, would you want to work on this? And I can usually tell pretty soon after I listen, like within 10 to 15 seconds of listening, that it's a beat that I, whether it's a beat that I want to rap on or pass on. So if it's one that I want to rap on, and if it's a very good beat that, you know, instantly I'm like, yeah, I want to write on this. I'll just, you know, it doesn't really matter where I am. I could be in class, I could be at home, I could be really anywhere, I'll, I'll open up the notes section of my phone and either write out a few ideas that I have, like uh, in terms of lines, like maybe one line here, one line there, um, just things that I would want to put in the song, or I'll just start with the hook, I'll just like start at the top of the order, um, try to write a catchy hook for the song, and then get right into the verse. Um, I'll listen to this song a few times to try to figure out how I want the syllables to sound. Um, that's usually what I do before I even figure out what words I want to put in the song. Hmm. Um, it allowed, that's, that's how I've been developing different flows um, to match the organization of the syllables to the ins and outs of the beat. That's, that's my, my first step now. So I at least get a general sense of how I want the syllables to sound. And then I start writing. Um, hopefully it'll only take me 30 minutes to an hour to write a song and then after I finish that I will ask the producer maybe if there if there are any parts of the beat that they could change for me um occasionally the beat is perfect as it is so I the structure goes hook verse hook verse hook or it's just verse all the way through no hooks but um at this point I'm a lot more confident in my ear than I ever have been before so if there are certain parts of the beat that I would like changed, and I'll reach out to the producer and say, "Hey, could you uh, switch these 808s to you know a deeper one, or could you you know do different things with the instruments?" And after I've gotten the finished beat along with the lyrics, I'll start writing in the ad libs, depending on whether the song needs ad libs or not. 
and that's just like the to fill the space in between the lines basically um one word here one word there and also to bring the energy to the track to make it fully fleshed out uh and then I'll come here sometimes. Uh, my friend Attrition, who's abroad right now, but he's also a, a rapper, singer, producer. Um, he, he and I would be in this room pretty often, like once a week, to record anything that we wrote during the week. And we'd rent out the studio equipment, and I just record it right here. Um, he would record all my vocals, uh, separate them into the files, main vocals. Uh, background vocals or the ad-libs and the beat and then I'd send those to my engineer who lives in Boston he goes to Boston College and he just organizes them um, fixes the vocal levels like adjust the the levels so that the main vocals pop out the background vocals support it and the beat is clear throughout and usually takes him a, a try or two to get it exactly how I want it it's kind of difficult not being in the same place because you can't just say, no, I want this fix. I want this fix. You have to message him after he's already sent you the exported final version of the, of the wave file. And then he has to go back into it, change it, export another one, send it to you. So if it's a pretty simple song with like very few melodies, doesn't really need auto tune. Then this entire process of receiving the beat to receiving the finished product, the finished, um, song in my email could take two days um if i've already told my engineer beforehand like i have a song coming for you tonight he might finish it right there um depends on his schedule too of course because he's in school also um could take two days could take a few days but i think the writing process is probably the the shortest out of the entire process yeah what is like the lyric that you are the most proud of like you deserve a nobel prize in literature for this lyric like oh. you deserve like all the awards uh that's tough um maybe on on 2 a.m um okay what is 2 a.m about because i've i listened to it and yeah. also i can't understand what is going on oh i i wrote it at 2 a.m oh god so that was that was the, the idea behind the name okay, got and it. i also thought that the beat got kind of dark like it took a, a slightly dark turn in, in different parts yeah so that kind of reminded me of like you know late night or early morning you know yeah um there's a line on 2 a.m on the second verse where it goes drop top testarossa which is a type of type of car like convertible car do the opposite of sammy sosa and fade to black and sammy sosa is a ba he played for the cubs a while ago like a legendary baseball player who's been using skin whitening treatments for like the past few years or so. Like he came into the league as, as darker than I am. And now he is, uh, he looks like a white guy. Like he, his skin is for all intents and purposes white. Like his, his skin is completely bleached. So like the idea was like his car, 2 a.m., like driving down the street, fade to black because like i you know go down the street the car is gone like opposite of sammy sosa he went from dark to light i went to from light to dark fade to black rose ghost stuck on my teeth like plague now niggas recognize me that's fast drop top tesserosa did opposite of sammy sosa and fade to black boy got a slang in the game to match i'll fight just all right and then just to like wrap things up um 
what are your plans for after graduation and like what and I, I guess I, it's like kind of a two-part question one is like I guess like what are you doing after graduation yeah. and the second one is like more about your image as a rapper you mm-hmm. mentioned that rappers have often have like images like Rick Ross is a dawn and mm-hmm. you know there's a SoundCloud aesthetic of like sad depressed boys like little peeps yeah 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 although re- rest in peace little peeps yeah anyways rest so rest in peace um what would you what are you looking for in terms of your image and in terms of like what's coming in the future when like, i what are you trying to develop when i get out of school i'm gonna be staying in hyde park for a while i'll be working with the sociology department because rap isn't enough to pay the bills right now but i'm still gonna pursue rap of course um part-time or slash full-time because it's you know i do it all day anyways whether it's writing or recording um I'm going to keep trying to do shows in Chicago, um, wherever I'm wanted, really. Um, nightclubs, open mics, wherever I can get my name out there. And I live in South Florida, so hopefully I'll go home for a little bit, too, and do the same thing there. Uh, my goal is, of course, to pursue rap full-time and to either get signed or reach a level uh, within the indep- the independent sphere that is great enough for me to be financially comfortable because that's that's all I really care about right now like um and I guess my idea is to to act as the bridge between the older generation of hip-hop listeners who don't like this direction that the new generation has taken the music um the ones who you know still appreciate the lyrical depth or lyrical complexity so the bridge between that group and the new generation, which generally speaking doesn't care much about lyrical complexity, but is compelled by the production aspects and the the image, the 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 non-lyrical aspects of rap. Um, and I like rapping over that style of music, but I also like rapping with that lyrical complexity that that they don't really care about generally speaking of course because like i do and i'm part of this generation like i know a lot of people who do so i think to act as or to to work toward being that bridge would be a big moment for rap music because it would show people that you can enjoy both at the same time And i don't think there are really any other major rappers right now doing that right do you have any shows coming up i'm working on a show at prism uh prism nightclub for sometime during this quarter and that's the that's the only one I, uh, in a relay for life event too um which would be sometime at the start of next month so yeah those are the two that i have planned so far and hopefully more to come chief yeah yeah no con We would like to thank Ben Glover for coming on our show today. You can find his mixtapes on Spotify and SoundCloud under the name Black Sam. Also, we would like to have you check out the other Maroon podcasts, such as the Maroon Weekly. Uh, Keep your eye out on the feed for new shows along with the Maroon Weekly. And if you enjoy our shows, please feel free to leave us a review and tell your friends. Thanks and goodbye for this week.
on my heart, I had to follow. Heart pill to swallow. Daddy used to find a demon in bottle. Now we clean as a whistle of an official fixing games.